Welcome back. This is the 20th episode of AIR, an interview podcast series with a different theme each episode. Joining me today to talk about rave and religion is DJ and producer Philip Gorbachev. Raised in Russia, Philip has become well known for his take on techno and his eccentric live performances. After delving into the Christian faith several years ago, Philip discovered Bell Ringing, a passion project that has taken both his creativity and his music to the next level. Philip has spent the past three years honing this new craft, ringing the bells at both the St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in Moscow and in his new home of Berlin. His new album, Colloquial, features the sounds of more than 40 belfries played live and sampled. And in this conversation, we look into the history of bell ringing, Philip's relationship with Christianity, and the meeting of rave and religion. When I was researching for this interview, I was kind of looking around YouTube for clips of traditional Russian Orthodox bell ringing. And one that I found had a really nice description that bell ringing is a delight for the Russian soul. So I'm wondering what do the bells mean for you and what do you feel when you hear them? Mm, It's a good question and um, I'm happy to know how to answer it because this the whole topic of church bells and what does the person who rings the church bells has to feel or how he has to feel was of course very uh, relevant for me before I started to play church bells myself uh, which happened a couple of years ago in Berlin um, at the Russian Orthodox Cathedral and I'm happy to know the answer as the answer is at least for me, quite different. If an answer to a question, how did I feel playing that festival or um, a certain party or a certain club? Because that's different special music genre, especially dedicated to a certain collective spiritual function. And in this sense, the actual uh, personal feelings of the bell ringer are absolutely not important. It doesn't really matter how the church bell ringer feels or how he feels about the bells. I would say on the basic um, spiritual level, although it's of course very important that um, also the bell ringer after understanding the purpose of bells and of uh, the church bells in in the whole architecture of Christianity also gives dedication to the sound of the bells as it is a very complex music instrument. But the moment 
where the uh, bell ringer is playing the church bells and activating the connection of the actual service that is going to start uh, with the people who are potentially on the way to God or are on the way to God. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing because that's the, the, that's the main function of the bell ringer. It's a, a, it's a call for a collective prayer that is present in our acoustic environment. And so is addressed not only to the uh, people who will, who can describe themselves as religious, mm -hmm. but also to all the people because it's just a, a little signal in a way that there is, uh, for example, such a way for being saved <laughs> and for uh, eternity. So in this case, bell ringing is a prayer and we know that uh, it is bad for the quality of the prayer to think about different things while praying and while playing that music. But so when you're walking down the street yeah. and you hear the bells from yeah. the church, yeah. does it kind of I give you that feeling, a hopeful feeling or like a feeling that you want to pray? Well, I'm definitely now very much interested in any sounds that come from church and from the uh, uh, bell tower. But I would say um, I had a change in my approach to music in general because I was seeking uh, to a formula, to a certain goal of what music is, a certain context after playing almost a decade at different raves and festivals and being an active uh, musician, uh, recording artist, and uh, touring uh, artist. And, and I can't say that I went to a certain crisis, but I came to a point where I felt that what I'm doing on stage is to many people and even to myself, something that you can easily uh, exchange with a similar act, uh, with a similar meaning. Uh, and then I, okay, and then I, then I um, started to think. Uh, what's what's wrong because that's not something I want to be uh, fighting for or telling people about and basically I found it that's uh, interesting but then the bells found me so because I was just driving uh, passing by the church on Easter and uh, started to hear the sound and it's it's impossible for me that I discovered this with 30 because I played drums since I'm 14 uh -huh. and I make parties since I'm 15 and I can say if someone will ask me uh, what do you do I can easily answer that I'm uh, a musician and I live in sound and stuff like that but then living in sound but not um, uh, examining and researching and eventually becoming a bell ringer was for me not, um, was not 100%. We were talking about this a bit before the interview mm. started, um, but there's another comment on this same YouTube video that I mentioned earlier, where somebody writes that different countries have different bell sounds. So what is special about the sound of bells in Russia? And you were also mm. saying uh, earlier that in different parts of Russia, there's different bell sounds. Yeah, that's, that's of course, um, uh, interesting topic and if we start looking uh, uh, at ancient times, for example in ancient China or in Korea, we can find bells that are a couple of thousand years old, uh, even before Christ. Um, just the uh, vibrations of metal, it's a very natural thing used in many cults and different religious before Christianity, of course. But I would say the form of the uh, modern church bell 
uh, originated in the fifth century and then it developed in uh, Western Europe. And of course, as many things that came to Russia and as many things that came to Russia from uh, Europe, it got modernized and changed and adjusted to, I would say, the local context. But uh, dropping all of this more technological and historical um, facts and coming to the core difference is that whereas in Western and uh, Christian churches, the bells are, are put in motion with a special mechanism mm -hmm. that shakes the bell and eventually the tongue starts to hit the bell from the inside. Bell ringing in Russia is a purely human controlled instrument where the bell ringer with his feet and uh, with his um, hands and fingers controls a very complex instrument that can count up to um, we know belfries with uh, 17 or 20 bells. Wow. And um, this is a very unique music instrument that is little known to the regular population. To, to the regular population, not only in the, in the Western world, in the Eastern world, mm. in the Asian world, but also in Russia, because mm. not so many people understand what's <laughs> happening actually upstairs mm -hmm. as, a, as a known world. But the main difference is that there is a person who has a soul who plays this all by hand and uh, uh, Russian church bell ringing is an uh, improvisation because if we go to certain um, uh, documents from the church, the official ch uh, documents, the, the canons, we find that there is a certain rule when to start or when to stop and other things, but how to play, mm. no one ever uh, explained how to play, which means that every bell tower in uh, Russia, and there is a lot, thousands and thousands and thousands, has its own unique style, music style of prayer and sound. And when I understood this, when I discovered this, I basically went uh, crazy. And it was, uh, and it still is my main uh, thing in life to examine as much uh, bells as possible and to play in as much bell towers as possible. Is the sound of bells, church bells ringing something that you grew up hearing? Like I'm Canadian and the neighborhood that I grew up in didn't have a church mm. really near my house. So it's not something that I really grew up hearing very much. So I guess it's quite different for me to hear bells these days than it is for you, I imagine. So what do you remember about hearing the bells when you were younger? I grew up in different uh, places and part of my childhood was in Berlin, part of it was in Moscow, part of it was in different places um, in Russia and um, I don't have a certain memory about the bells, but I think I always felt that the bells is a um, sort of a sound mountain that's um, grows and moves in the space and the whole understanding of sound and space in such big dimensions was always very important for me in terms of finding a right mix for a track or understanding the selection of uh, tracks that I prepare for a certain set because this vibration of uh, music of sound in the space so actually not what's sent through the audio cables to the speakers, but what's sent from the speakers 
uh, into the space where the people are on a dance floor or in the city or in a town, mm. that physical area was always the most important for me to uh, work for. And um, in this uh, case, the sound of bells, and sometimes we ha can talk about 20 or 30 tons of iron. It's massive. That can be compared to a big Function One sound system. Mm -hmm. And I was finally uh, um, <laughs> quiet because I found my instrument. I couldn't really start anything with the world of, um, um, for example, modular synthesizers, just completely um, not my thing. And as a drummer, I got bored playing some triggered modern instruments where you have to hit some pads and they launch some MIDI reactions. It's also um, good fun, but it was over for me at some point. And so when did you get into bell ringing yourself? Like, is it a tradition in your family or were you the first one? No, it's definitely not a tradition in my family. And to the at the point when I started to ring the bells, I didn't know any single bell ringer. Now I know many. I'm happy to know all those people because that's the real community. In terms of you can meet a bell ringer and you will talk for ages. And so did you start your training in Russia or when you were here? I was in Berlin, but also in Russia. Okay. It's uh, both. And the training is a very uh, funny thing because now I know that there are special schools where you have uh, training rooms and uh, special equipment for training. But when I started to play uh, the bells, I was training, I would say, almost a year. Mm. And sometimes I felt really, really sorry for, <laughs> for what I was producing, uh, what sort of sound and what sort of rhythm. But um, Actually, I have to come back to your question about what's the main difference between the mm -hmm. bells in Russia and, uh, let's say, bells in uh, big Western uh, churches, at least in Germany, right? Is that the whole concept of the uh, Orthodox bell ringing is based on the understanding that the bells are not a melodic instrument. It's not a melody. It's not a certain uh, song you play. It's a rhythmical instrument. It's a percussive, atonal prayer expressed in a certain character, having a certain bass for the rhythm. But bell ringers in Russia never play a melody and it's actually non-music act. And that was a triumph for me. Yeah, I was going to say. Because I was looking for an escape from this, um, uh, from the music world. So when I first read about this album, I was imagining sort of small bells that you like hold in your hands. I had really no idea. Um, but then I looked on Google Images and it seems like they're like, you, you mentioned like massive and you pull them by a, a rope and you were saying with like, sometimes you use your hands and your feet. So can you talk a bit about, yeah, I guess what it's like to play the bells? Well, you climb the tower, first of all. <laughs> And you understand when you climb the tower that you're alone up there. You have uh, total acoustic freedom of what's going to happen now. According to certain rules, you play the biggest bell with a pedal, it's like a kick drum, mm -hmm. uh, three times, uh, leaving uh, time for the resonance to fade out. Three times because the whole trinity. Then you start to play a special style called uh, Boagavist chime, where you have to press the big pedal 
12 times or 40 times, depending on the local, uh, I would say, traditions. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, the numbers FOO is a symbolic rule, uh, a symbol symbolic meaning, like 40 days of Christ and in the desert or 12 apostles and stuff like that. And then you have three parts where you... Um, do the actual bell ringing. It can differ from five minutes for the whole thing to half an hour for the whole thing, depending mm -hmm. on the on the priest, on your uh, connection to the priest and his connection to the um, uh, bell ringing. But I personally prefer to ring loud and um, <laughs> long. Yeah. For me, a session should be at least 20 minutes right. because then I can feel that I change something acoustically um, around the uh, church, around the space where the church stands. And you use different um, uh, elements of your body. You use both of your feet, you use your left hand, uh, which uh, strikes the ropes uh, as um, a little um, a keyboard and you have your right hand which is the most important thing control, control, controlling uh, three or four ropes in a very very fine uh, point of balance where you have to play the little bells and this very t little uh, detail is uh, the um, crucial part of the uh, bell ringing in Russia because here the technique is so difficult and so um, um, unique and demands a lot of attention and dedication to rhythm and the whole um, subordination of your body has to be um, de developed very much. Here mm -hmm. I was of course happy because as a drummer it was not that new for me to mm -hmm. uh, coordinate my movements. When you said that you climb the tower and you're by yourself, uh, for some reason that was not what I was picturing. Is that like, do you feel like a lot of responsibility when you're up there by yourself, like mm -hmm. doing this big task? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, there's a big responsibility, but oh, but if we go away from our um, human nature and replace this with the prayer, understand what we're actually doing, all this comes away. And that's what I like about it. Because mm -hmm. as I told before, I discovered something which is non-music in the most musical way. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, um, it was just like the proper signal because I'm bored of music basically, uh, of melodies um, and I still believe in, uh, the, in, in techno music as an approach to certain uh, energies and sounds around us and what we can do with them using the technology and the uh, amount of melodies, just yeah, tones and chords in techno music always makes me upset sometimes. I'm talking about my music now. I don't know what other people are doing, but uh, I tend to listen to a lot of records and then try to imitate them and then I end up just deleting the stuff uh, until I discovered this beautiful instrument. <laughs> Can you tell me a bit about the churches where you're ringing the bells these days? You mentioned that you're doing it both in Moscow and in Berlin. Mm. Yeah, that's the um, Christ Resurrection Cathedral in Berlin. The biggest Orthodox Church in Berlin, uh, Russian Orthodox Church in Berlin, and my home spot in Russia is the offering of uh, St. Nicholas Church uh, near the place where I grew up. It's my home base and there I can uh, pray for long <laughs> and long and long <laughs> and long. Um, so what was it like growing up uh, with the Orthodox Church? I'm not sure if you say with or in. In the Orthodox Church? With, I with. guess. <laughs> um, 
my family isn't religious at all, so I suppose the only real insight I have into religion is a bit of indifference, I guess. So I'm wondering what that was, what that experience was like for you growing up. Here, of course, the whole way of me being involved in to bell ringing and bell ringing is part of the service. It's not an independent musical discipline uh, genre that happens just uh, because it's uh, nice to ring the bells. It's part of the service, and mm. um, so there is many um, reasons that I can think of if I describe the whole uh, meaning of. Uh, spirituality in Russia, in the culture, through literature. Because, I mean, it's impossible to imagine Dostoevsky or Tolstoy without uh, Christ, basically. And it's impossible to imagine uh, the look of our towns without churches and the sound of our uh, uh, towns and cities in Russia without uh, church bells. And it's impossible to imagine, basically, music um, in a wider term without music being part of a certain spiritual ritual. Uh, because that's the context of uh, music that existed b before the uh, music started uh, to have a certain entertainment role. It was always part of the cult. Uh, dr even dropping all that, for me it became inevitable that I step by step was more and more convinced uh, about the existence of uh, Christ, of God around me. And I couldn't deny, I couldn't go away from that feeling of God's presence in my life. Would it be a miracle? Would it be a certain, uh, a certain coincidence or a certain feeling being alone and not being afraid and just in general a certain feeling uh, of a certain way and uh, I didn't know anyone from people around me whom I should be thankful for this. So that would be I would say the starting point <laughs> uh, that brought me to, to, to church and to the whole divine architecture around the church. And was that when you were younger or was that recently? It's a, it's a recent thing. It was, uh, I was a grown up and no one told, told me to do something. It just happened by itself. Oh. Also partly because I always tried to do things my certain way and never really mm, committed to any deal with a situation that I don't like, also in music. And I thought that and I felt that, oh, wow, there is something in this way of living uh, in uh, believing in God's grace, in the, in the Holy Trinity, in the whole army of angels uh, and all other parts of uh, God's body and existence around me. And it was always like that, basically. So it's in a way forced me to move to Berlin and leave my family and leave my friends and start from the very, very, very scratch. Um, and I'm happy that now I can release a record like this because it's part of the long way, which is 10 years, but even much more. And a certain way of 
uh, trusting God and having a certain conversation. Because if you know my releases and how I appeared in the <clears throat> in the scene and how I started to play different festivals and clubs, it's not because I made uh, music that fits this uh, this uh, context. It's because. I believe that I was always doing the thing that was true to me and true to myself. And um, if you play my music, it's definitely not the techno sound that you would expect from a Berlin artist or whatever. Um, it's the sound that I recorded and captured just waking up in the morning uh, and just working all day uh, and uh, working more and more to um, actually be where I am now because right now I'm kind of relaxed about my music for, for the first time. In the text that I received about your new album, it says that the values of the Russian Orthodox Church might seem at odds with the progressive attitude of rave culture. You said that you'd observe some interesting changes and contradictions within the church and also within rave culture in Russia in general. Can you tell me a bit about some of those changes that you were talking about? What is uh, important in the relationship that I imagine between spirituality and Orthodox Church and rave culture that I like is that the Orthodox Church is more, as I feel it, linked to the first ancient uh, Christian hermit that took the whole faith thing on a very ascetic ride to remote territories and deserts where they would uh, live this ascetic life of uh, fighting demons and praying and taking the, basically things to the extreme. Here we don't talk at all about church in the way we used to talk about it, um, reading all the scandals uh, about um, uh, different priests and uh, different parts of this institution. And then taking this ascetic style and then taking the art that is coming from uh, techno culture, I would say, for me was giving a signal that there is a connection. Because the this style of being a hermit, running from the establishment into, into what? I think into having a joyful, creative process, which is not dominated by a certain vertical hierarchy of values of the society, of the media and of the career approach to art gives you a very special joy of being a creator and being a creator it's being very close to god because god created us uh, as creators not as uh, slaves and in those concepts i found a lot of inspiration for just the next step that i did in my music as a producer, but also a certain power that gave me more and more strength to climb up the tower every uh, 
weekends or every big holiday and to understand deeply what I'm doing and all this new finding was also strengthened by the people that I met being in Berlin. Because I've met very interesting creative people that are having very progressive musical ideas, mm. very progressive ideas about the whole society and scene. I read that your bellmaster in Russia, you would describe him as something of like a spiritual punk. Can you tell me a bit about him and the kind of lessons that he taught you about music? He's a very, very, very special person, Alexander Tchaiko. He's ringing bells for more than 30 years. And if we talk about bells, we have to also understand that bells is a collective word describing the whole amount of instrument used uh, in order to give a signal uh, for the start of service. We know that in uh, Greece, the bells before they were melted as a blend of metals, the, the role of the bells played uh, wooden desks. And uh, the monk who plays uh, a wooden desk is playing a wooden desk, but it's like, that's actually a bell ringing. And that's the big difference. It's like, he, he, Alexander Czech is, is, is a person who explained me the nature of, I would say, original Russian Orthodox DIY gospel uh, music tradition. <laughs> because if you would take a couple of metal objects and drum with them on a water pipe, that would be basically, it would be bell ringing. Because as a bell ringer, he understands what he's doing. It's not avant-garde sound. Uh, experimentation and that is very interesting because basically um, we have um, a huge um, tribe of bell ringers that's been ringing rails or uh, gas balloons and all other objects because they were because bells are very expensive and you know that when the communists came to power um, in Russia, the Bolsheviks, what they did first, they uh, uh, destroyed almost 90% of all bells ever existed in the country, mm. including masterpieces from the 16th century and bells that are never to be saved again because there is no recordings and there is very few tonal characteristics written down by advanced bell ringers in the 19th century or in the beginning of the 20th century so and alexander Tchaika is a sort of a sort of a person who is both very educated in the spiritual world being a theologist and a bell ringer for many years but also uh, being a great record collector and um, one of the most uh, central Moscow hippies from his times, cool. um, who escaped the big city with his five children and bought a house um, in a little town called Volkhov, which is approximately 300 kilometers outside of Moscow, uh, where he bought a house, he bought a piece of land, he built there a house with his own hands, and the house is situated exactly in the middle of the triangle between three huge belfries where he is exploring uh, the sound of bells. That's his bell labo laboratory wow. that he lives in um, on a, and rings bells on a daily basis. So when I felt that uh, I need a master, I just 
bought a ticket and went to Alexander Cheka for um, a week and then was returning uh, several times for something that he offers um, as a uh, bell marathon. So maximum uh, churches within a limited amount of time. The first week we explored 15 objects in the neighborhood and uh, it was amazing for me. Wow, that sounds so cool. Um, So going back briefly to this YouTube video that I mentioned earlier, I was a bit shocked at how kind of insightful the comments were. A lot of the commenters were explaining that you can get a deeper understanding of Russian classical music if you listen to the bells. Would you say that's true? (laughs) Well, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely, there's uh, um, composer composers uh, who um, somehow added church bells to their uh, music, but um, the tonal characteristics of bells, uh, as I told before, are very uh, complicated. Uh, if you hear a bell and you make an analysis of what tones of what notes you hear, you will at least hear three or four notes, but then the whole resonance changes uh, in a certain amount of time, um, which makes the bells, from my point of view, well, pretty useless in the, or- in the orchestra. But if you take uh, the meaning of the bells and somehow transform uh, your knowledge about it in the um, music that is more closer to the context that you work for, then of course. And I, I advise everyone to watch uh, Tarkovsky's movie, mm-hmm. Andrei Rublev, Andrei Rublev about uh, the icon uh, painter. Andrei Rublev was very famous and uh, there is a special film novel in the long, long, long movie. It's a long movie <laughs> called uh, Koroko, about a scene where they have to produce a big bell and Mm. everyone is frightened because they don't know if it's going to sound or not. In the text that I was sent about your album, you said that bell ringing offers you affirmation, focus and fulfillment and that it gives you a different kind of energy from clubbing and rave culture. Can you talk a bit about this? Why is this different energy kind of necessary for you as an artist or as a person? It's very important uh, that the energy that I get as a bell ringer on the bell tower um, goes very um, intact with my spiritual life within the church and with the constant search for power to fight the temptations and the sins around me. And as I told before, this ascetic concept of, of creation uh, refers very much to the sort of energy that I feel personally efficient because that's is, that is the concept of how to save my soul from total darkness. And in this, oh, in, 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 in this map where we have techno as the ascetic art of creation and uh, if we take orthodox um, bell ringing music as a sound of the ascetic prayers of hermits, I would say. Uh, For me, at least personally here, the third element, the rave culture, as I feel it and I see it happening around me in Moscow and being part of this big process, I find that this rave culture in its core, maybe through 
the tradition and hidden um, culture, genetics and um, of God's grace, it's not a movement about hedonism, it's not a movement about pure hedonism. And that's, I think, my core point here, uh, that Moscow rave culture and the whole movement of artists is a movement for freedom, for freedom to be able to create and not to be dependent on um, uh, values of the, uh, of the world, of the people around us. That's a dangerous path. It can cost you a life. And so then what was it like to make this album and kind of merge those two worlds? I think it's suicide <laughs> in, the, uh, in the career uh, point of view. And I'm, again, very happy because I committed this um, change and I feel very relaxed and free. I feel free. <laughs> I feel freedom for the first time. Because if that really happens on big stage or at a festival at a rave, I know exactly that I'm coming out there not as a, you know, as a raver <laughs> who puts on colorful clothes because, um, yeah, it's just fun. I, um, it's like a deeper meaning. Yeah, <laughs> and it is because without a deeper meaning, um, you cannot come really close to something that you are even not able to talk about. And that's where the music becomes again important as an evidence of a presence. So this feels like a more true representation of yourself sound-wise, would you say? Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd like to talk a bit about the history of club music and religion. Obviously artists like Larry Levon or Robert Hood or Terence Parker come to mind, as well as things like disco or house, mm -hmm, where there's often mm -hmm. elements of gospel and religious messages. Can you give me your thoughts on it? Gospel and techno and house and Robert Hood and Green Velvet as well been always my heroes and main motivators. When I was a kid listening to those artists, I didn't know what I was feeling back in the day because I was not um, educated um, in all those things, you know, I didn't read the, um, the Holy Bible, I didn't confess and stuff like that. But then I understood that that's a really interesting uh, way of being uh, always uh, fresh and alive and funky and that's actually giving you a real drive. I don't want to talk a lot about all this history of the uh, gospel um, aspect and the meaning of uh, gospel in dance music, but it's evident mm -hmm. in a lot of records coming from North America. I felt that if I compare this situation to the situation in, uh, in Russia, I will uh, land in a totally different atmosphere. Because if you combine Russia and the States, it's a very different world. Russia and the church have been always so close together on the governmental level. We didn't have the spirit that, for example, the States had, where it's basically a republic. It's a new uh, democracy, a new country. You can call it as you like, but uh, it's people who decide how the church will sound and look like, not a uh, message from the uh, control center. Uh, that's a process that will evolve, but um, in the rave context of Russia, combining church bells, 
and um, sound of and putting them into a techno matrix. I think that this project is um, first uh, is, is is unique and it's the first I hope in a series of similar things because no one dared to touch the spiritual music from the church and to transform it into something that could be played not, not only in a church, uh, in religious context. And here I'm also open for any uh, critics um, uh, because I did it for the first time, but I didn't even know how to do it because no one did it before. It was implemented in some visual artists' work. For example, the Black Square of Malevich and um, for me the whole suprematist movement is basically a step towards uh, some new inventions, how you can picture the, uh, the, the, the world of saints and faith. But if you talk about the look and the sound of uh, Christianity in Russia, it's very much following the tradition of the Byzantine Empire and um, those times. Something that I thought was really interesting is that, as you were saying, in American house music, there's often a lot of these messages that are kind of like true creation myths. I'm thinking like Mr. Fingers, Can You Feel It? or Rhythm Controls, My House. Tracks that seem to be kind of creating this new reality for religion in the context of dance music. Whereas for this record, I feel like your approach is more like infusing your reality into dance music. Does that make sense? Yes, because um, that's... The, and here, um, if you listen to the record, you will observe that there is... Uh, some bell sounds that are true bell sounds mm. that are played and uh, captured. Uh, there's a lot of bass, it's a very um, um, bassy record in a way. Uh, an ambient record that refers for me musically more to perhaps a, a more Eastern tradition of uh, repetitive uh, patterns. It's because I couldn't find anything from um, the choir or from the singing in churches that I could use as part, as a tool for um, dance music as um, uh, people like Robert Hood did. Um, it just didn't work. I was really um, researching and trying for a few years mm -hmm. and I didn't come up with any results. Also because the singing um, uh, in uh, Russian churches are very much following the tradition of Byzantic singing and that's a very complicated, very twisted technique that will sound horrible basically if it's combined <laughs> with electronic music. It will sound... Uh, it will be in a danger zone immediately. <laughs> so have you ever had or do you have any concerns or worries that the Orthodox Church or other Christians might not approve of your use of the bells in this context. Like I'm thinking like, you know, three years ago or two years ago when Dax J used the Muslim call to prayer mm. in his DJ set. Is that a concern of yours? It was and it will always be because in my country I don't know what to expect from organizations and people around me. But I hope that my work will be of no use for their uh, speculations. <laughs> this famous Fussy Rides performance where mm. they uh, went into the biggest cathedral in Moscow in um, special mosques and performed punk prayer, I don't remember, was in the outer or in front of the outer, dropping a message that 
uh, God is for everyone and uh, that uh, is uh, a new way of uh, understanding also all the other people living in the country and I really respect that performance but uh, the girls went to jail and it was a very hardcore uh, performance. I'm not that brave. But I have a different concept because um, instead of going to uh, people that can be important for religious groups of population mm -hmm. uh, who can take it very personally, I prefer to uh, act on a level as a bell ringer and here the sound of bell is a transnational instrument mm -hmm. which is part of the folk culture. Uh, more than a certain accessoire. I'm acting in the zone of free world, of free art. Well, why should someone judge me? It's a big project that I'm doing. It's a record, but it's also a movement. It's a group of people, of uh, contemporary bell ringers. It's a documentary and a big documentary in the making that is funded by the Ministry of Culture uh, in Russia. It's also um, acoustic seminars for little children where we show them the uh, basic principles how to uh, work with sound vibrations. And of course, if I will be playing the next time bells in the church, I will stick to the certain sound that is um, acceptable in that environment. If I will be performing a big AV live show with my eight-piece band, including bell ringers and violin players, saxophone players. That's uh, something that, that will sound completely different. And uh, so I believe that there is a certain necessity to understand how to act in a certain context, because mm. otherwise it's going to be a real chaos. And here, coming back to the point that no one can control the bell ringer in the, in the, in the church architecture of uh, of the whole control system because the choir is controlled. You cannot sing as you like in the choir. <laughs> you cannot pray. Um, you cannot uh, pray as you like being a priest because you have a certain uh, zone where you can move, um, especially in the Eastern Orthodox Church, which is more regulated. But on a belfry, you are uh, basically free. And we uh, had a nice string of interviews with bell ringers and we wanted to know their point because a lot of bell ringers are former avant-garde jazz drummers or mm. sort of, you know, different people who uh, jumped onto to that instrument at the time where Soviet Union collapsed because bell ringing was, was forbidden in the Soviet Union. It was 70 years of silence. Stalin published a rule that uh, uh, was uh, strictly uh, forbidding any sort of bells in the whole country. And in the whole country means from East Berlin to, to Alaska, you know. Mm. <laughs> Because no one controls the bell ringer, his own proportion of, of conversation with God, conversation with the Holy Spirit, and his acceptance of letting God in his world, uh, God's world, uh, they define what is allowed or what's not allowed. And that's a very thin mechanism. I really like it. Mm. It's hard to describe but it really works what about for you and your when you've done the live performances for this album mm. 
There's an interesting quote from Jackmaster Funk where he talks about how in the 90s, promoters would take the mic out of the DJ booth before his set so that he wouldn't be able to get on the mic and talk about the Lord or give these religious messages during his DJ sets. So I'm wondering, has there been like a sort of conflict for you in, in that similar sense in terms of your live performance? Like, has it been a bit hard to swallow for people just because of the religious context? We worked on that a lot because what we want to um, what we want to transform to the people uh, is by no means any certain religious dogma. We want to transform that with music and with this sort of music, we are calling up for a big mystery that uh, is around us, the big mystery of creation that God gave us um, and the instruments that he gave us, the instructions that he gave us, uh, but there is no crosses, no um, uh, dogmas and none of these things that are used in the context of the church. But if we say that we're artists that create the new ascetic discipline, why should we use the codes of the previous um, generations? Because um, this is a uh, more interesting way, I think, to communicate with people rather than to show them symbols that are sadly pointing also to uh, unclear um, pages of history. I know that Robert Hood's work was a particular inspiration for the themes in this album. Hood was obviously ordained as a minister in 2009 or something like this. And according to interviews, he doesn't separate these two sides of himself. Like he sees his job as a DJ as going out and delivering this message of Christianity and salvation to yeah. people on the dance floor. Yeah. What's the message that you're hoping to deliver with your music? Or do you see yourself in that We same have the same kind of message yeah. with Robert Hood. <laughs> the thing is that I'm a bell ringer and um, uh, how you call it in English? Minister, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's the main difference. He has a lot of vocal samples in his music. I have a lot of bass uh, frequencies and bells in my music. Uh, and we are both carrying the same message, although uh, we uh, belong to different confessions within Christianity, but we believe in the same Christ, so we are brothers. Do you think that we need to understand or even appreciate that message in order to understand or appreciate your music? Like, I guess that's sort of the question with anybody that creates <laughs> something, but uh, what do you think? I don't know, you have your own freedom <laughs> to decide what's better for you, uh, but um, with all what that we are doing in our lives, uh, of course, there is no way to uh, separate this. Um, during the daytime, I'm like good, and um, <laughs> and during the nighttime, I'm gonna be uh, a bad guy. I think that's the point that there is no separation. There's only one. How do you see yourself interacting with religion as a producer in the future? Do you think I don't know you're gonna carry on? With this project? I will be happy to explore much more um, the nature of uh, bells and uh, the nature of spiritual music and to work in this field. It would be a pity to lose it, but you know, people are weak, so anything can happen with me. Let's see, only God can show. <laughs>